Today, we're discussing the rare superpower possessed by some of the greatest leaders, companies, and coworkers of all time. While we may spend dozens of hours preparing what to say, we often don't realize that what we're being told is just as important. Listening is the entire second half of the communication equation that we often forget. So in this episode, we'll dive into how we can learn how to strengthen this capability in our toolbox as well. Keep listening to learn how to unlock new insights, create stronger teams and organizations, and develop better relationships, all with the often underrated skill of listening. Hi there, we are Haley and Jordan Anderson, and this is the Career Engineering Podcast, where engineers help other engineers have better careers. We're a husband and wife engineering team who are passionate about helping you excel in your workplace. After working in the energy and aerospace industries, we both got our master's degrees in organizational behavior. And in this show, we dive into some of the biggest challenges we each face at work that we didn't learn about in our technical degrees. As engineers, we all love to know how things work. So on this podcast, we'll look under the hood using research and experience to help you better navigate your coworkers, organizations, and careers. To kick off today's episode, I want to share an experience with you. I remember when I first entered the consulting world, we were trained extensively in working with clients. We learned how to prepare presentations, think through root cause analyses, and deal with difficult individuals. But probably the most important skill I learned in those very first few years of my career was listening. Okay, that's interesting. Um, Tell me more. I'm listening. Nice, nice. Yes, the importance of the skill was really brought home to me during my first assignment with a customer. My team spent hours brainstorming our approach, creating great slides, and practicing our delivery. And then the day the presentation came, we walked in and after some short introductions, we dove into what we thought was a very well thought out way to approach the problem. But after about 10 minutes, I could tell one of the highest ranking leaders in the room became restless. And when my manager paused to ask her questions, she just said, have we already done this before? I remember looking back to my manager to see his reaction and he responded, well, what do you mean? And then she went on to share just how a few months prior, they had conducted the exact same analyses and came to the exact same conclusions that we had. They weren't asking us to share what they already knew. They wanted us to build on what they had already done. My manager tried to pivot the discussion and position our information as different from what they had done, but the leader really wasn't having it and saw right through it. She was respectful, but very clear that she had been disappointed. Even though we had asked what they had needed, we hadn't really listened. We had a general problem statement, but honestly, a few quick questions over email or in a 15-minute meeting could have completely avoided a very unfruitful and disappointing meeting for everyone included. Ultimately, we learned from that experience, and as you can imagine, that after that, we spent much more time asking questions and really listening to our customers' responses during every meeting. The relationship went on for many years and was ultimately very successful, but it wasn't because of our ability to smooth talk or network or just guess what they were thinking. It was because we learned to listen and act on what our clients really had to say. This idea has made an impression on me, and so I'm excited to dig into it further. Oh, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? I uh, I didn't catch that. I was watching some really funny videos, uh, YouTube's the bomb and all that, but... Uh... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think I agree with whatever you were just saying there. And so uh, that sounds like a great example of a phenomenon we've all seen at work in some form, right? I know I'm certainly guilty sometimes of asking questions just as a formality 
kind of assuming I already know the answers and, and maybe just not listening because I really don't care all that much about the response. Yeah, yeah. You know, listening is always one of those uh, keys to a good marriage. So we'll have to work on this Working one. On but uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. But uh, with the ever-present temptation to multitask, um, I know I am guilty of not listening very well um, oftentimes. And I think this is even more important in today's hybrid world. So this skill of listening really is very timely. So turn up your headphones, stop trying to carry on a conversation with your aunt and learn how to truly listen by listening into this episode. So as mentioned, listening is a really important topic because it's critical to all of us as just humans. We've discussed this before, but we're all social animals, and so psychologically we need to feel connected to others. Active listening is a very important cue that we send to others to communicate that they belong. And this belonging is essential to creating environments of psychological safety. Yeah, listening shows acceptance, which is why it feels so good when you even have just one person smile and nod their head when you're speaking. In our minds, this signals you're safe here and allows us to relax and move from scanning for threats to looking for connections. So let's start at the beginning and highlight that communication has four main parts, the sender, the receiver, the message, and the noise. When we think about communication, we typically think a lot about the message sender or the person speaking, and of course, a lot about the message itself, but that's really only half of the equation. Yeah. And we've spent episodes on this, right? And I I think that's why it's important we think about the whole other half of the equation. And while speakers should try to eliminate the noise in their messages, it's really the job of listeners to be able to discern that signal from the noise. And this goes beyond just hearing something, but truly seeking to understand something. Yeah, active listening is marked by the conscious processing of what we hear. And taking it even to the next level, it's about seeking to truly understand without judgment or without being influenced by our own biases or agendas or thoughts. Yeah, and some common issues that I'm sure we're all familiar with when trying to actively listen, but that are highlighted in the research are daydreaming or getting distracted or even just thinking of something else while someone's talking. Second, trying to think of your response and what you'll say next rather than truly listening. Third, judging what the other person is saying. Or fourth, listening with a specific goal or outcome in mind. I think it's helpful to understand that there are different listening styles or approaches to listening. The first is a people-oriented listening style. And so this style is focused on the relationship-building aspect of listening. People with this style really tune into others' emotions and moods during the conversation. And so they're trying to find connections, commonalities with the person that they're listening to. The second one is action-oriented. And action-oriented listeners place a really high value on accurate and clear messages. So they're likely to notice any fallacies or errors that their speaker may be saying. And they're also eager to take action and want to understand the next steps based on what they're hearing. I've noticed that many executives have developed this style largely because they know that they need to make a decision on what they're hearing most of the time. They may not always be time limited, but they do want you to cut to the chase per se or cut through the noise so that they can clearly understand the full story and what to do with it. For content-oriented listeners, technical details and complex information is of particular importance, and they'll likely listen to everything being shared, and then they're going to form their own judgments on the, uh, the discussion. They often want to hear both sides of arguments and form educated judgments based on this new knowledge on both sides. And they're likely like your news junkies who enjoy being the experts on topics and are capable of sharing their own clear logic for any argument. 
The last category of this is time-oriented style. And essentially, these listeners are hoping for speakers to get to the point as quickly as possible. Um, Contrary to the content-oriented listeners, they're much more concerned with the essence of the message than the details of it. Think of like an airport customer service agent with a full line of customers. They're going to be eager to get to the point of what each person needs. They can quickly resolve their issues and cycle through the whole line. Yeah, sometimes I wish they'd be a little more eager so they get through that line a little bit faster, but I I do understand the point you're trying to make. Yeah, very fair. Uh, The next time you're giving a presentation, you'll likely be able to quickly diagnose individuals in the room according to these different styles. And so the time-oriented listener, they'll be shifting in their seats, hoping you'll wrap it up quickly. They might even interject to kind of help you get to the point. The action-oriented listener is going to point out any misrepresentations in your data while the content-oriented listener is likely to question your final recommendation to make sure that you've weighed all sides of things. And the people-oriented listener is likely the one nodding their head throughout the presentation, and they're definitely going to shake your hand afterward and tell you what a great job you did. Right, right. And unsurprisingly, it's been found that our listening styles shape our reactions in various situations. So for example, those who are more people-oriented tend to be more sympathetic when listening to those in need. And those who are more action or time-oriented are less concerned and express less concern or pity when hearing negative situations. Interestingly, the content-oriented listening style may be the healthiest per se because they're able to constructively interact with those who are emotionally upset, but they don't mirror or take on those difficult emotions themselves. And another important finding in all of this is that listening alone does not make someone feel heard by the speaker. It's all about their perception. So even if you listened well initially, if you don't follow up or follow through like the speaker is expecting, they're not going to feel completely heard. Yeah, I recently heard the comment that communication is a team sport, which I loved. I think it's so true. It's not just about someone verbalizing words and the other person being present to receive them. Every conversation is an exchange. It's a connection. And so when we're the speaker, we need to be mindful of how what we're saying will be received. And then when we're the listener, we should be equally mindful of what the speaker might be expecting from us. I'm sure there's thousands of great professors out there every day who never feel heard because students aren't really taking notes, they're not asking questions, they're not performing well on their exams. And so this has a really direct connection to work because every day we leave meetings and maybe we don't feel heard or it's very likely that we're leaving with others feeling unheard because they didn't have their notes jotted down or no actions resulted from the things that they had to say. Right. Yeah. Imagine how much more efficient we would be if we all actually executed on everything that was said in our meetings and and how much more satisfied would employees be if they felt that everything that they were saying was actually heard. In that vein, now that we've discussed interpersonal or individual listening, I think we can also broaden our vision just a little bit and think about how listening affects teams and even organizations. You may not have thought of this before, but organizational listening is actually critical to company's success. Organizations usually get feedback or listen to their people through regular surveys or even by getting input from representatives like maybe a union. As you can imagine, companies that don't listen at all are going to have very low employee satisfaction and company performance as well. And more commonly, companies may give lip service to listening, but they don't actually take any action to show that they are listening. So employees become dissatisfied. This concept of employee voice is studied thoroughly in social science, and it essentially reflects the extent to which employees feel like they can give feedback and that their company is really hearing them and acting on it. 
It's been found that more important than any one specific practice, like maybe annual surveys or one-on-one interviews, it's most important that companies have a daily culture of listening kind of ingrained into them. And so this can look like your frontline leaders just practicing good listening, executives who respond to feedback, transparent communication throughout the organization, and easy channels for employees to give their feedback. And there are three different kinds of employee channels for voice that employees can use to give feedback at work. The first form is direct voice, which is pretty much everything we've discussed so far. The second form, though, is indirect voice, which occurs through maybe employee representation of some kind, like a union. And then the third, and probably the scariest form of voice, is no voice or silence. And I remember not considering this one at all when I first heard it, and it was surprising to hear because it's true. I think it happens a lot in organizations, and if you look around, you'll probably see many examples of it. So individuals quitting, um, absences, shirking, or being aloof or even antisocial. I think it's safe to say that this expression of voice has become even more prevalent in COVID with employees just ghosting and going offline for periods of time or missing calls. And we need to be listening to what the employee is saying with some of these actions. When we think about how we might improve our listening skills, there's a lot we can do, of course. But I think the first step is really understanding what our default style is. If we think about how you typically respond or react when someone's trying to tell you something, Are you one that really relates to them and takes on their emotions, or do you tend to question what they're saying to make sure it's really the truth? Do you look for the gist and specifically think about what you're going to do next, or are you just anxiously hoping they'll spit it out already? Unsurprisingly, these should signal how you're being perceived by others and how you might react in difficult circumstances, so awareness to all of this is definitely key. And regardless of our default styles, there are some general psychologically backed tips that we can employ to improve our listening. First, use nonverbal signals to indicate that you're paying attention and send those belonging cues so that your speaker knows you're not judging them. This will also lead to more productive conversation as your speaker will speak more openly knowing that they don't need to jump on the defensive. So nodding your head, raising your eyebrows, leaning in, taking notes making sounds that indicate you're following what they're saying, all of these things are going to help. Yeah, very interesting. (laughs) And second, we can focus on the speaker, not just your own thoughts. Good listening isn't just being a sponge so you remember everything they say. It's about being present in the moment and trying to really understand the thought process of the speaker and their perspective and not just yours. Third, practice non-judgment. And so whenever someone is speaking, you want to simply receive the message without immediately applying your own judgments or biases towards it. If you feel yourself reacting with some judgment, just observe that thought and challenge it. Try to see the situation more from the speaker's perspective than your own. And don't assume that you already know what they're going to say, even if you think you've seen that particular pattern before. Yeah. Fourth, become comfortable with silences. It's okay to have silence in a conversation. Sometimes it signals that someone's thinking and gives both parties a chance to reflect on what's being said. It can be tempting to rush to fill the silence. I know I struggle with this, but sometimes that space is what's needed for breakthroughs. If you can't get 100% comfortable with silence alone, try counting to five seconds in your head and then share an open-ended follow-up statement like, how did you feel about that? Or maybe tell me more. What, What exactly happened there? Fifth, consider paraphrasing what the speaker is saying. Repeating in your own words what you're hearing from the person can show them that you have been listening 
and that you really are trying to understand them. And it's also a very powerful tool at work because it also helps us make sure that all parties involved are actually on the same page. And so for this reason, it can create a good closeness in the conversation because everyone fundamentally wants to be seen and heard and understood. Even if your paraphrasing is is wrong, you're showing that good effort. Lastly, follow up with questions. This is one of the easiest and best ways we can exhibit active listening. So instead of responding with your own opinion or experience, try asking at least three follow-up questions when someone tells you something. This is particularly important when speaking with someone who's upset or sharing something that's really difficult. And it's not always helpful to hear about how someone else has had a similar experience, but it is always valuable to know that someone is trying to understand you. In addition to these six tips, I think it's important for leaders of teams and organizations to also consider the importance of listening in their specific roles. Yeah, we discussed it earlier, but for teams and organizations, you need to create a general environment of listening. This may mean having organized forums like unions or dedicated employee resource groups, or maybe even more individual focused tools like a feedback idea box or chat line. Idea challenges and hackathons are fun other ways that I've seen companies get employees engaged in problem solving for the company. Those can stall out, though, if actions aren't taken on the ideas, so offer real funding or resources for employees to pursue these projects. Surveys are also helpful, but again, the results need to be shared and specific actions or results from the changes publicized so that employees can really feel listened to. Again, think about the fact that it's what the speaker expects from the listener that really makes the difference. As a leader, it can be easy to want to jump in and provide solutions for your team or even to just forget the weight that your own voice carries. For this reason, I really like the advice that Liz Wiseman reported giving to one executive in her book called Multipliers. She told this leader to visualize that they only have five poker chips that they get to play in each meeting. And so this leader could only make five comments in total and needed to be very careful in when they made these comments or when they played these chips to make sure they had the maximum impact. This led to significantly more talk time for their employees and really signaled that the leader was there to make space for them and their perspectives and to make sure that they were listening. I also love the awe question recommended by Michael Bungry Stanier in his book, The Coaching Habit. Essentially, at the end of every conversation with an employee, he recommends asking, and what else? The acronym for which is AWE, A-W-E. I've actually used this a few times, and it it is amazing how asking this question and pausing, even when it feels uncomfortable, uncovers profound insights and information that we otherwise wouldn't have heard. Especially in this remote working environment, we really have uninterrupted time to bring up whatever is on our minds with our leadership. So as leaders, consider leveraging this tool to help make space for your employees or even your colleagues to help facilitate this environment of listening and belonging. You'll be surprised what you find out. In conclusion, it's been said that we have two ears, but only one mouth for a reason. Speaking is only one part of the communication recipe, so we need to work on the other major component of active listening to become an effective communicator. By listening more effectively, we'll be able to build better relationships, better connect ideas, and come up with new and novel solutions. Yeah, I really think this is a power skill that I quickly learned in consulting was critical to success. We can use the four listening styles to help us understand ourselves and those around us. And we discuss four primary styles, the people-oriented, content-oriented, action-oriented, and time-oriented listening styles. Leveraging people and content styles are most effective when you're connecting with others, especially when they're dealing with adverse circumstances. 
that you may see time and action-oriented styles most frequently among leaders or at work in general. But listening in a single conversation is only one part of the equation. Equally important is how well we meet speakers' expectations of what we'll do with what they've been telling us. Do your best to make sure people feel heard by following up on your conversations. This can include meeting minutes, one-on-one check-ins with coworkers, or zooming out to the organizational level, sharing policy changes that have been based on any recent employee feedback. And if you want to make immediate progress in being a better listener, consider trying out one of the six practices that we recommended today. Nonverbal signals, show, t- show that you're paying attention, focus on just what the speaker is saying and suspend your judgment, become comfortable with silence, paraphrase what you're hearing, and ask follow-up questions. Lastly, leaders and organizations should consider how to foster a general environment and culture of listening. This can be done by providing many different channels for employee feedback and making more space in our meetings for employees' thoughts and opinions. But remember, in order for people to truly feel listened to, we can't just keep collecting inputs forever with no action. Otherwise, people will just stop speaking altogether. What challenges are you facing at work or in your career? Do you like what you're hearing here or have anything to add to the discussion? Be sure to hit subscribe on our podcast to keep the conversation going and let us know your thoughts by reaching out to us. Links to our social media channels as well as our email are included in the show notes.